have you built up this this the right way of bringing this technology to industry while still ensuring it makes financial sense well as much as possible what's the secret sauce that you're you you know you're you're presenting to clients at skyven the, the so-called secret sauce you know sort of came about through a, a lot of working with real manufacturing customers and trying to solve their actual problems on the ground. Industrial heat is commonly considered a hard to abate sector. We found that it, it does take, in many cases, um, public funding, right? Grants, incentives, that sort of thing to help out. But then companies like us, the big need is to be able to incorporate public funding into our offerings. Um, and so we were pretty cutting edge on this um, in, in our ability to, to build a unique financial offering where we combine public funding plus project finance, plus um, we, we always put money in ourselves. Um, we, we put our own skin in the game on, on projects um, in order to be able to deliver um, uh, you know, financial opportunity that's compelling for an industrial manufacturer. Welcome back to the Decarb Connect podcast. My name is Alex Cameron. I am the founder of Decarb Connect, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Arun Gupta, who's the CEO of Skyven. We're going to be talking about something that we hear a lot about, actually, through our industrial clients as well as our technology clients, which is how do we go about scaling the technology that's most critical to industrial decarbonization. So Arun, you've got an amazing background. I know you spent some time at Texas Instruments. You've had 10 years or so at Skyven. Let me ask you to kick us off with just that classic Alex Cameron podcast question that I ask all my guests. How have you arrived at this point in time? Tell us a bit about what's brought you to this work. Well, thanks so much, Alex. Uh, we really appreciate your podcast and the opportunity to discuss our, our work and, and decarbonization in general. Um, so a little bit about myself. I have a, a background in engineering, a, a PhD in electromechanical engineering. Um, and, you know, as as cheesy as it sounds, you know, I, I just believe that my mission on Earth is to make a positive, positive impact, kind of the biggest positive impact I can make. And to me, there's two, two areas that are of personal importance, um, and that's healthcare and and the environment slash climate change. Um, uh, you know that the founding of Skyven was a desire to to make a big impact in in the environment and climate change, and in particular, industrial process heat is is a is an enormous, deeply underinvested space. Um, and kind of presented an opportunity for, for me to produce the, the largest positive impact in the world that, that I, could, I could possibly produce. And that's, that's, how I, that's how I got here. So where did that first kind of, uh, I guess, the kind of the root for Skyven come from? What, what was it that you were working on that made you pick that, that very specific area of, you know, anywhere you could have gone in the climate space and you focused in on industrial heat? What was it that triggered that for you? Yeah, that's, it's a, that's a great question because in 2013, um, you know, industrial heat was certainly not a, not a hot topic, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and so what, what actually came about it from a technology angle, right? So the technology background, 
Um, I had previously been working as a design engineer for Texas Instruments, uh, DLP, stands for Digital Light Products. Um, I had I was a, a design engineer for a business unit that that makes chips for for projectors. They have like a ninety five percent market share of cinema projectors, and um, so, so I, I built a lot of expertise around manipulating light uh, and manipulating projector light to to paint a picture on a screen, and uh, saw an opportunity to apply that expertise in solar and solar thermal in particular, to manipulate a different light source, which is the sun, to do something different, which is concentrate sunlight to capture the heat in sunlight. So, so Skyven was originally started as a concentrating solar thermal company. Um, and we originally looked at the concentrating solar thermal space and um, solar power generation and, you know, by 2013, had had kind of been won by by photovoltaics. Um, photovoltaics was kind of the clear answer in, into how to do that. Um, but there was not a clear answer in industrial heat that seemed to be a giant white space. And so that's where we we chose to focus. And um, while we don't do solar today, uh, we still do industrial heat. And when you think about those kind of early, the early years, first couple of years, say, who were the first kind of industrial partners or customers that you work with? Yeah, so the first the first partners that we worked with um, were uh, or are uh, California Dairies Incorporated. Um, it's the one of the largest uh, dairy companies in the in the world, um, probably the second largest dairy co-op in the United States. Uh, largest producer of butter in the U.S. Um, so CDI, as we call them, California Dairies Incorporated, they're, they're a huge user of thermal energy to do things like pasteurized milk, and and they produce dairy powder um, as a as a food ingredient, and to evaporate milk and produce produce powder, dairy powder, is a very energy, thermal energy intensive operation. Um, and so we saw a, a big opportunity to help them decarbonize their operation, originally through solar thermal, and then through a variety of, of, of other technologies as well. So what, um, I guess it's always interesting to me when you have a company like yours and a leader like you, you know, you've got this decade of experience in starting and then scaling a business to all those kind of twists and turns what what was it about that first relationship that gave you the direction that you're now traveling on like how did you go with them from solar thermal into the space that you're in now yeah so i think what we found with with cdi is that the the big opportunity to decarbonize industrial manufacturing requires both technology plus finance plus the know-how and wherewithal to do pro to implement real projects in manufacturing sites which is non-trivial we'll talk about that but um having to combine all three which is something that we we originally the original concept was to combine all three um and and then we were able to do that 
first around around solar thermal technology and then later around um, additional technologies. Um, we, what we learned was that that's the that's the, the big opportunity and the big need is that you can't just come with a technology. You can't just come with the finance. Um, and if you're just a, a project implementer, there's lots of project implementers out there already. You need to have all three combined into a single offering. And that's the big unlock. Okay. And then, so a decade on, you're now an energy as service company, but you have this focus on industrial heat pumps, which you think, I think is a technology that even a year ago, I wasn't really hearing about as much, but now I'm hearing more and more, both from our clients and from different types of companies that this is a kind of really interesting opportunity for a lot of um, industrials. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that, you know, how you've come to this focus uh, and what specifically, you know, what is it that you are delivering, delivering sorry, through those, the industrial heat pumps that you're developing? Yeah, so industrial heat pumps have the opportunity to reduce emissions in the medium and low temperature industrial process heat space, not by a little bit, by a lot, um, you know, up to 100%, probably something like 70% on average. You know, when I say medium to low temperatures, that's temperatures up to about 400 Fahrenheit, which are very common temperatures in the food and beverage chemicals and pulp and paper industries, which account for nearly half of industrial emissions. Um, so we're talking about a big, a big chunk of, of overall industrial emissions. So if you say that industrial emissions is roughly 20% of global carbon emissions, um, we're talking about the opportunity to decarbonize half of that. So roughly 10% of global carbon emissions, which is, which is an enormous opportunity. Um, and and we, we came about that opportunity um, through our journey as a company. Um, you know, we, as, as we talked about, we've been in this space for, for 10 years now. Um, and as we moved on and started to look beyond solar thermal, um, what we found was we found an opportunity for heat pumps originally for a particular customer that we were um, we were working with in the ethanol and uh, and spirits distillation space. And then we the, the sort of the aha moment, the, the the big opportunity was to to take um, what we were working on for them and turn it into a product that could be replicated not just at other ethanol facilities but at other facilities in food and beverage chemicals and pulp and paper kind of kind of going going broad with it um, and that um that that's a groundbreaking opportunity uh, and so we 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 went after it so you you were saying before um, about the kind of this need for the right technology to be matched with, of course, manufacturing know-how, but also the right finance mechanism. So how have you uh, kind of determined or how have you built up this, this the right way of bringing this technology to industry while still ensuring it makes financial sense? Well, as much as possible, what's the secret sauce that you're, you, you know, you're, you're presenting to clients at Skyven? Yeah, so I mean that this the, the so-called secret sauce, um, you know, sort of came about through uh, 
through, through a, a lot of working with real manufacturing customers and trying to solve their actual problems on the ground. In particular, you know, it started with, with California Dairies Incorporated, CDI. Uh, and so decarbonizing industrial heat is, is, is really challenging, right? You know, commonly industrial heat is commonly considered a hard to abate sector. And, you know, as a result, we found that it, it does take, in many cases, public funding, right? Grants, incentives, that sort of thing to help out. But then companies like us, the big need is to be able to incorporate public funding into our offerings. And so we were pretty cutting edge on this um, in, in our ability to, to build a unique financial offering where we combine public funding plus project finance plus um, we, we always put money in ourselves. Um, we, we put our own skin in the game on, on projects um, in order to be able to deliver um, a, you know, a financial opportunity that's compelling for an industrial manufacturer. And then in, in building that financial opportunity that's that's attractive, then it's a, then then it comes to implementing. And we found that implementation is super non-trivial. Um, because in, a, in an industrial manufacturing facility um, that's operating every day, you've got, um, you, first of all, you've got a need to make sure that the facility sees no interruptions and no downtime. Um, these manufacturing facilities have extremely high downtime costs on the order of, you know, tens of thousands of dollars an hour. Um, and so, uh, making sure that the facility is uninterrupted there's no process upsets the facility doesn't go down is is super difficult and so just to get the facility to say yes to doing any kind of work that seems like not a big deal well it is a big deal when you have tens of thousands of dollars an hour of, of downtime cost um, and so learning how to work through that with a manufacturing facility and work through problems as trivial as Hey, you know, we've, we've got a new tanker truck full of milk coming in every 30 seconds. You cannot disturb the flow of our tanker trucks. We have a new one coming in every 30 seconds. You know, so, so, so where are you going to put the crane to install your stuff? Uh, it, from that all the way to, you know, discussing um, how, to, how to modify, um, let's say, control code. Um, and, and, and what, what the process control code, what those modifications, how they could affect overall production, like all these things, it's a huge amount of stuff, but that, that's what it takes in the industrial space is what we found. Yeah, I think, I think there's something really interesting in that, that when you talk, when I talk sometimes to people who are much earlier in the phase of partnering with industry or trying to get their technology into a first or second pilot with industry, there's there's frustration sometimes on the side of the disruptive tech that it's like, oh, you know, why can't they just see that we've got the best technology? I'm like, because it's not only about the best technology, is it? As you're describing, like you, it has to work for the industrial in a way that makes it as simple as possible to integrate, whether that's physically on site, as you've just described, or whether it's making the financing of it, like that description that you gave of, you know, we we built that. That those incentives into the model that you're presenting you're not making it 
the client's problem to think that through. It's like you're coming with not just the great technology, but the way it's going to work, the way it's going to fit, the way it's going to be financed. And I think we are seeing that right. in other technologies as well. But it's something I think some early stage uh, entrepreneurs can can miss that that need for the human beings in industry to be able to take this on in a relatively simple way. Yeah, I, you know, I would say it's, it's sort of, you know, startup one-on-one type class where they teach you, um, you have to not only provide, you know, your technology, you have to provide a holistic offering, you know, really understand the customer and understand what their needs are and provide a solution for them. And that's the hardest part in industrial um, is, is providing that holistic solution that the, that the manufacturer um, is, really needs. Um, they don't need a particular widget of technology. What, what they need is an answer to their, their problem. Their problem is like, how do, we, how do we decarbonize our operations without risking downtime and do so in a cost neutral way because our margins are really thin. And if we go out of business, then there was no point in us decarbonizing our business. So we can't do that either. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our production partner and sponsor, Jano Media, for their support in delivering the Decarb Connect podcast. Over the last few years, they've helped us to facilitate great conversations that connect us with our audience. And their skills and expertise mean that we get to concentrate exclusively on generating the content, the conversations that engage, inform and inspire. So let me let me sort of switch tack a little bit. So we've talked a bit about uh, Skyven's history, about how you've created that service as well as what the technology is. But this piece on financing is something that really feels in the last, I don't know, three to six months, we've just been hearing more and more, I suppose, as more pilots in other in, in other industrials are coming through to a, a scale phase. You know, the, the question of how we finance is is just getting more and more pressing. So specifically, we we kind of hear about the need for a real capital stack that makes sense for industrial decarbonization. I wondered, as someone who's been through this kind of period of time where you've been iterating not just your tech and your service, but also how you present it financially and you've been scaling and growing, how has your view on the capital stack and what is available now and what's needed, how has that developed and what's your point of view on that? Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for asking. Um, so the capital stack is is a place where we at Skyven um, have been able to, to to really innovate. And I t- touched on this a little bit before, but for us, it's a combination of public funding, third party project financing, and funding from Skyven's balance sheet integrated together into a single energy as a service model. That's been the key driver and what's enabled us to, to really make projects happen. Um, and so that utilizes multiple flavors. I call them flavors of the capital stack, right? So we're using um, public funding, which is an often overlooked um, part of the capital stack, but, but, but it's absolutely part of, part of the capital stack in industrial decarb anyway. Um, and, and then third-party project financing is a very broad space. Um, and can range everything from from bank debt um, to um, more complex specialty uh, project financing vehicles. And there's a whole, there's a big, a large number of players 
in that space. Um, and all of them, like we essentially talk to all of them um, and, and we, we work hard to fit um, our, like a financial opportunity with the particular risk and reward appetite for a wide variety of, uh, of different um, finance players um, in order to build a, a larger picture of like, here's, here's an integrated offering um, for a customer that also matches with the capital provider. So I get a lot of questions as to like, well, why can't a manufacturer just go to a project finance provider directly? Um, and, you know, they absolutely can, but matching the project and the industrial, the industrial manufacturer's financial needs and project needs with any particular uh, project finance uh, fund or, or project finance outfits risk and reward um, appetite, that's also non-trivial. And, and so we find that like we, we have to we have to kind of slice and dice risk and reward in order to match the two together. Um, and uh, it's, it's not a language that industrial manufacturers speak or have had to speak before. And, and that's that's the opportunity for for a technology provider that learns how to speak both languages, learns how to speak the industrial language and the finance language to be able to marry the two. Was that, I mean, that you, you said that obviously you'd started out with your the PhD in electromechanical engineering. You then had this time at Texas Instruments. You, you hadn't come through a track that made you a finance expert. <laughs> so did it take, did, did it, was it something that you found, actually I adapted to it quite easily. Was it something that sort of just made sense to you or did you, did you find it was something that you really had to build up over those first few years of doing business? How did you personally adapt to the need for that kind of, ability to communicate with with those kinds of partners yeah it was a, it was a long learning curve to be honest um you know and again having being 10 years into this the advantage is that we at skyven have had the time and the opportunity to to learn and come up that learning curve but but it, it is a steep and challenging learning curve um and, and we had the benefit of of being able to work with um, some people in the industry that, um, you know, sort of cut their teeth by, teeth by figuring out how to finance solar back when solar financing was a new thing. Like today, it's not a new thing. There's lots of outfits that do it. It's fairly standardized, but, but it wasn't always that way. And so there are um, some, some, some folks that we've worked with that um, originally figured out how to do it. Um, you know, one of the gentlemen we work with, um, uh, you know, was it was a, a critical player in financing the very first utility scale solar deal with with Sun Edison uh, and, and Jigger Shaw back in the day. Um, and, and so, you know, learning from them has helped me get up the learning curve, because without that, there'd be no way. And what's your I mean, again, as we're kind of finding out from you, you, you are well connected in the in throughout the kind of different stages of in, investors and so forth. What's your sense of, to what extent is that ecosystem working to help scale essential decarbonization tech at the moment? Like, do you, are, are there enough of the right forms of capital? Are there right, the right investors with the knowledge to help do it? We hear 
I guess, I, I, I guess, you know, <laughs> for every person who's like, ah, oh, the investors have got it. Yeah, we've got our partners. We also hear from people who are like oh, constantly coming up against the need to kind of almost educate investors that they're they're coming into contact with. What's what's your personal take on the investor and finance ecosystem and, and what you're seeing? Well, without sounding like a broken record, you know, I, I think the need, I think the capital is there, the appetite is there, and folks are now seeing that um, industrial, you know, is a is a really big portion of the of the whole climate change, uh, you know, problem, and and needs to be a big part of the solution. Um, and uh, so the appetite is there, but uh, there remains a need to to translate, to, to put things into, to really understand particular investors' uh, risk and reward appetite, and, and then be able to present something to them that matches what they're looking for. Um, that's critical. And um, a lot of a lot of folks just, you know, they think of, of capital and they think of, you know, venture capital. Um, it, it has, it ha and it has an important place in the overall picture. But it does not constitute the whole picture by any means. Um, and so these other portions of the capital stack, which include um, various forms of private equity, um, as well as infrastructure funds, um, as well as, I mean, even raising directly from high net worth individuals or raising from, from people that are connected to high net worth individuals. Like There's a lot of capital out there, and they all are looking for something a little different. And so it, it is critical to to translate to, to to match to match the opportunity with with the money. My, um, you can tell me whether you think you're you've already covered my next question. But my next uh -huh. my next question was going to be whether we're really seeing enough successful scaling of industrial decarb tech yet. But I'm sort of as you're talking, I'm thinking that actually may, maybe the question or the problem is less about I don't know. It's it's less about are we seeing it. It's more are enough of the other technology companies that are really trying to scale up the much you know much needed engineering technologies of all sorts are, are they interacting in the right way with the finance ecosystem yet uh, because it feels like you know we have this constant kind of conversation it feels with our members at the moment oh, we need technology scale we need technology scale and at the same time we're hearing well we have the technologies we need it's just how do we get them there so I'm getting to a point with this question, I promise, which is, do you think that's more of an issue of the investor ecosystem and, and how it relates to and looks at industrial decarb? Or is it that we need to see a kind of a shift in how the, the tech companies themselves are engaging with um, finance in order to kind of unleash that next phase of scale? What's your sense of where the challenge really sits at the moment in the broader kind of scaling of industrial decarb tech? Well, I, I mean, in, in any good in any good partnership, right? You know, you have to meet in the middle, and, and I think like this is this is characteristic uh, in that um, there is an opportunity. There's a big opportunity for investors to um, get more familiar with industrial decarb and and better understand the risks associated with it, and better understand the opportunities. Um, and uh, and just get more comfortable with the space in general. So, so that's a big opportunity. At the same time, there's a big opportunity for technology companies to understand what 
the capital needs. Uh, same way there's an opportunity for them to understand what the manufacturer needs, right? The manufacturer needs low, low, low risk from an operation standpoint, right? They need cost neutrality with deep decarbonization. Um, and, uh, and then the, the capital needs, um, they need, I mean, I mean, it's pretty classic, right? They, they need reward that is commensurate with the risk that they're taking. But, you know, the opportunity is also to understand and be able to communicate what the risks really are. Um, and so on both sides, I think both sides, you know, can can kind of meet in the middle. And then that's that's where when that happens, um, we'll really be able to make a lot of progress because, you know, to be clear, we're we're moving too slow in this space. I think in industrial in particular, um, you know, things didn't really get moving until recently. And so we're super excited that that it's it's now a um, now a, a, a big topic and something that a lot of folks are hearing about, um, and and we're hearing from a lot of investors that they're they're now very interested in industrial decarb and interested in learning more, and that's that's really exciting because we really need that, um, uh, you know. But but because we started a bit later than we did in transportation and and de decarbonizing the grid, um, we need to move faster. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, one kind of uh, big blocky question that can sometimes come up comes up when we're talking with tech companies is is to do with supply chain that's going to be needed, the supply chain that's going to be needed to kind of rise up to support uh, expansion of these technologies. What what's your sense of that? What are what are the kind of the realities, the materials needed for industrial decarb in general, and specifically for you and your team? And yeah, are you seeing? Is that a? Do you think that is a, a problem or a challenge or is it something that you're seeing actually it's kind of yeah it's keeping pace with us it's building with us what, what's your sense of that that supply chain that will back up what you're doing yeah supply chain and especially in industrials it is a big challenge and and just something that that everyone needs to consider um at, you know as, as they're putting together the offerings um uh, supply chain um can often uh dominate the the schedule in deploying decarbonization technology um electrical equipment and this is not just for industrial by the way um you know anyone who's working on large-scale electrification um will tell you i'm sure you've had people tell you before um you know large-scale electrical equipment is on deep back order you know we're talking one maybe two years lead time um, and that really slows things down. And that's just for electrical equipment. And then other things like, you know, like, like piping and plumbing based equipment, you know, also have relatively long lead times. Um, and so the thing about industrial is that industrial provides an opportunity for large scale, which means you need the big stuff. And the big stuff takes time to get through supply chain. And so for our approach to it is to just Kind of comprehend where the where the supply chain where the markets are at, and incorporate that into you know both the the picture for the industrial manufacturers as well as for the for the finance parties. And and so we we sort of started this out by talking about how you you know your first partners your first clients in this space. Where are you at now? Like tell me. I know you mentioned that you're not just in food and beverage anymore. You're now operating in uh, paper and pulp. 
where where can industrial heat pumps take you and your team in terms of the kind of the reach uh, client base, the reach of client base that, that you're looking at? Yeah, so so today Skyven is we're an energy as a service and and vertically integrated technology company that we're we're today we're focused specifically on a steam generating heat pump called Skyven Arcturus. It is the world's first commercially ready and fully demonstrated industrial steam generating heat pump technology, right? It's been demonstrated at full scale and we have built it into a replicable product to be replicated across pulp and paper, food and beverage, and the chemicals industries. So we're building a large pipeline of projects um, and aggregating these projects together to the tune of billions of dollars. And our goal is to build them essentially in parallel, not, not perfectly in parallel, be some staggering, but they're effectively in parallel in order to drive down the cost of the technology through economies of scale and standardization, of course. Because um, we find that to do smaller scale projects in the industrial sector becomes really challenging, challenging to get the, the, the best contractors, the best engineering firms to focus on small projects. Um, and by putting together a large number of projects and aggregating them, them together, you know, up to the, the billions in scale, um, we're able to generate enough volume to bring in the, the best contractors, the best engineering firms, um, the, the best project finance firms, um, you know, it, it, and also it's also what industry is looking for. They're not looking for one-off projects. They're looking for scalability and replicability. And so, so that's the kind of that's the way you're you're seeing the project landscape in terms of your team. How how big are you guys now? And what what's the kind of what, if you think about the next 12, 24 months? What does the future hold for the team and for the business? Yeah, so today we're a team of roughly 30 people. And over the next year or two, the opportunity is to roughly triple in size um, in order to be able to take on um, billion dollar uh, um, deployments. Um, and uh, even then, um, you know, like one of, uh, part of our DNA is to run our business um, lean and mean. Uh, and so you know, tripling size to 100 people, but taking on 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 billions in in deployment is is still quite uh, quite lean, and that's that's the way we like to operate here at Skyven. And financing for yourselves, have you got a, a finance uh, financing round in the works, or you know, what are you looking ahead to in that way? Yeah, so I mean, 2024, like this upcoming year, is going to be a really really big year for us. Um, we are raising or will be raising in the next six months um, uh, about 500 million in total capital. Um, but that is split among many different flavors. That's really about a billion dollars in total capital, but that's split split in many different flavors, um, including um, public public uh, you know grant finance and incentive fin uh, financing um, plus um, uh, senior debt which which essentially looks like bank financing um plus um you know private equity type financing at the project level 
plus venture capital financing. Um, so a little bit of everything. And by a little bit, you know, when you're talking about a billion dollars, you know, even even a venture capital round will be will will realistically be tens of millions of dollars. Um, and, and this is all going to happen in the next six months. So we've got uh, a lot of capital uh, to raise and a lot of capital to deploy because um, because industrial <laughs> carb is is really, really big. Big and expensive. Yeah. Well, big and expensive, but it's also an enormous financial opportunity, right? And that's that's yeah. the key is that there's an opportunity to deploy this capital to earn the returns that each one of those flavors of capital is looking for. Mm. Yeah. And I, I also think, you know, from, from from our side of it, which is on the other side of your clients, if you like, we just see so much demand for these technologies that are proven. It's not there's there's no shortage of companies looking for whether it's energy as service broadly, whether it's heat pumps, whether it's carbon capture, whatever. There's there's so much demand, especially when, as you've been talking about, when you can bring the answer to how we finance it, because that really is for many of our industrials. That's the big kind of question mark is just that's the thing that can sometimes make a conversation stutter when otherwise there's huge momentum and interest in moving something forward. And, and you've clearly built that pathway you've built that approach um so yeah fantastic well good luck with the financing round i don't think you're going to need it it sounds like you've basically done an mba in advanced financing for industrial decarb over the last decade so i'm sure you'll find the right partners to support your growth um but but thank you Irene. really good to hear from you and really interesting to get both the perspective on the technology and who you're serving but also how we can scale these types of uh, technologies as well Absolutely. Alex, thank you again for the opportunity. This was this was really great. At Jano Media, we recognize that great content has the power to create impactful and positive change for lives and society. Whether that's video, live streams, photography or podcasts, partnering with us will enable you to harness the power of content to engage, inform and inspire. Reach out to us today. Thank you.